0: Hey, good morning, Horizon. I know it's a rainy, messy day and parking's a mess probably out there. And we're so glad that you made it to be with us this morning. This morning's a communion Sunday, so we'll, we'll do that uh, right as the, the sermon comes to an end. But if you haven't been with us, we're in a series called Hearing God. And, and honestly, this morning is kind of part two to last week. So if you missed last week... I can't encourage you enough go back and listen to last week because this is kind of part two. And in this series, we've been really looking at this this idea of hearing from God. Dallas Willard says, I believe we as disciples of Jesus Christ cannot abandon faith in our ability to hear from God. To abandon this is to abandon the reality of a personal relationship with God and that we must not do. Our hearts and minds as well as the realities of the Christian tradition stand against it. So week one, Ryan talked about hearing God in scripture and how we need to get into his word and have the Holy Spirit illuminate scripture. And when we read scripture, that's where we really begin to first learn the voice of God and how he sounds and what he talks about. Last week, we talked about hearing God in prayer. Uh, And just because you kind of need to know this to to make sense of this morning. uh, But again, go back and listen to the podcast, listen to the sermon. We we, we actually practice this in here we we learned what it was to hear from God in prayer and then we practiced it and so many of you came up to me afterwards and and told me what God said that some of you for the very first time heard the voice of God either in a thought or a picture in your mind you you described the picture to me and this is the process right sit quietly before the lord ask jesus the father or the holy spirit questions and then listen for spontaneous thoughts that come to mind or Look for pictures that come to your mind's eye. Write down what you hear God say. Try not to edit or judge what comes to mind. Just listen and write it down. And then ask more follow-up questions. And then ultimately take that to a friend, a trusted, wise person, and see if what you wrote down really is from the Lord. And maybe if you misheard him or heard him correctly. And so, so many of you did that. Some of you tried that this week. That was homework last week is to try this and see how it went. Um, And actually, there was a a person who, based on the experience they had last week, they actually took me up on the the offer. They went to our website. They clicked on the share button, and they shared their experience from last Sunday. And this is what she wrote. She said, so I've never been good at speaking in public unless work-related and really am uncomfortable being the center of attention. But this morning, she wrote this last Sunday, this morning, your sermon really spoke to me. I've always wondered why God spoke to other people, but not me. It was frustrating. I started to believe that there was something wrong with me or that I wasn't worthy. Today I realized that I was wrong about it all. I just didn't understand the ways in which God could speak to you. I never thought to ask a question and expect a reply. Anyway, I've struggled with self-confidence, my self-image, and my self-worth for as long as I can remember. So this morning, in a crowded room, I asked God, I asked how God saw me, and then I waited. It seemed like I wasn't going to hear anything, and then, you're beautiful. Think about the power of those words, not from a friend, not from a parent, not from anyone else, but hearing it straight from the Lord. And here's what she said at the end. She said, I was shocked and amazed and blown away and speechless. It's beautiful when we hear from the Lord. It can be stunning and shocking and and it can totally disrupt us in the best possible way. So again, if you didn't hear last week and you haven't practiced this yet, I really wanna encourage you, go back and practice this. Listen, as a pastor, one of the pastors of this church I want every single person in here hearing from the Lord on your own. I don't want you to wait for a sermon to hear from the Lord. Every single day, I want you going to scripture, going to prayer, hearing from the Lord for yourself. This church would light on fire if every single one of us heard from the Lord every single day. That's what we want. So this morning, we're kind of tackling the difficult question. After so many of us had such powerful experiences of hearing from the Lord, some of us left last week not hearing from the Lord and wondering why. Why did I just hear silence? And that's what we're tackling this morning, hearing God when we don't. If Jesus expects us to listen for, hear, and follow his voice, why is it that sometimes we can't hear him? Why is it that sometimes we just can't hear him? I know this is going to sound funny, but as I asked that question of the Lord, I felt like he answered me in alphabetical order. In 15 years, I've never given a sermon that was in alphabetical order. But sometimes God's funny like that. So as he laid out what I felt like him answering that question, God, why sometimes don't we hear from you? There was a word that came to mind, and it started with an A, and that was nice. And then the next word was a B, and the next word was a C, and the next word was a D. And I was like, okay, here, what's going on? So if that's okay, that's what we're going to do. This is going to be really helpful for your notes, by the way. (laughs) You're going to have it in alphabetical order. So, nine main reasons we don't hear from the Lord, and we'll start with A. Our A word is this. Sometimes it's our approach. We talked about the approach last week. Sometimes we're hustling and bustling and rushing through life, and we don't take time to get quiet, and we're wondering why we don't hear from the Lord. Well, part of the reason you may not be hearing from the Lord is you're not getting quiet. All throughout church history, these disciplines have been so important to every uh, kind of person of faith for 2,000 years. We need the spiritual disciplines of silence, solitude, and unrushed time. Silence and solitude has always been a part of the church. It's always been a part of the Christian practice to get alone, to separate yourself from the rush of life. And you know that our culture is just screaming at you through your phones and through media and through just social media and just everything. It's it's so loud. Our culture is so loud. So if we're going to hear the voice of the Lord, which we talked about last week, is often a still small voice, a quiet voice, a humble voice then we have to get quiet. Jesus did this. In Mark 1, it says very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You would think Jesus, God incarnate, wouldn't need to go to a different place and get quiet before the Lord. But even Jesus, think about that, guys. Jesus himself decided the best way for me to commune with the Father and hear from the Father is to get away from the crowds, listen, and spend time with the Lord. Look, if Jesus is doing it, he's our model, right? We, we need to do this. We need to build this into our life, into our routine. So maybe if you're not hearing from the Lord, it could be your approach. And we're just going to recommend these two books. If you want a better approach to listening to the Lord, these are kind of the books we're using. Dallas Willard's Hearing God is the primary book we've been using in this series. And I have found this book particularly helpful by Mark Verkler, Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. I promise you if you read these, they have exercised them in between, exercises in between the chapters. It's going to help you build that discipline of listening for the Lord's voice. Number two, this is our B word, beliefs. Here's the reality. Believing lies can clog our spiritual ears. Did you know that when you believe a lie, you empower it? And when you empower a lie, it actually can be like cotton balls in your ear with in terms of hearing the Holy Spirit. So if you're not hearing from the Lord, it could be that you're believing some lies, in particular these lies. God doesn't talk to me. A lot of us have have lived with that lie, or maybe this one. God doesn't talk to people like me. God would never talk to someone like me. Guys, that's a lie. He wants to talk to you. He loves to talk to you. As a follower of Jesus, you're his son, you're his daughter. He wants to talk to you, and he wants you to hear from him. I just can't hear him. Guys, that's a lie. You can hear him. In fact, I would say, like I said last week, you have heard him. You just didn't know it was him. It doesn't take a special gift. It doesn't take some profound super Christian. John 10 tells us that just the sheep hear the shepherd's voice. So here's my deal. You've heard him. You just didn't know it was him. So part of the discipline is just discerning when it was him. John 10 tells us the truth. The sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. In verse 27, he says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. This is the truth that counters all those other lies. Jesus is our shepherd. He does speak to us. We do hear him. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. We do hear him. We just have to get better at believing that truth and discerning when it's him. So maybe if you're not hearing or you think you're not hearing, it could be because you're believing a lie. C, confession. Chronic, unrepentant sin can clog our spiritual ears. This is another thing that can clog our spiritual ears. If we're in rebellion against God, if we know there's an area of our life that we're sinning, we're not repenting, we're not surrendering our life to the Lord, it can become like a callousness that happens on our heart and it can clog our spiritual ears so we can't hear them. But as soon as we repent... Remember the prodigal son, as soon as we turn, the father chases after us. And so this isn't about living like, oh, I'm, a, I'm living like a perfect Christian. This is about a heart of repentance. This is about acknowledging when I sin, I turn, I, I ask for forgiveness, I repent of my sin, I keep my spiritual ears open. It's the lack of repentance that can clog our spiritual ears. First John 1.9 promises us this, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sin and purify us from all unrighteousness. So not only does he forgive us our sin, but it's like he purifies our ears. He takes the wax out of our ears. He takes the clogs out so that we can hear them. This is Jesus' words about the people that he was, uh, Israel, about the kind of the people of God he was ministering to. In Matthew 13, he said this, In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become callous. Guys, that's what happens when we live in sin and we don't repent and we don't confess our sin. Our heart starts to harden. And then here's the result. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and notice when they turn, and I would heal them. Immediately upon turning, immediately upon repentance, the Lord is there to wash us clean. There's no condemnation for those who are, in, who are in Christ. But we also can't choose to live a life of sin and expect to constantly be hearing from the Lord. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. He wants us to hear from Him. If we're choosing to live in, in this sin, then it can clog up our spiritual ears. D is Darkness. Now, sometimes it's not because there's sin in our life. It's not because we're believing a lie. It's not because our approach is wrong. We're actually doing everything we're supposed to be doing, but we don't hear from the Lord. There's some silence, it seems like, on his end because there's a war happening in the heavenly realms. There's a war happening against you in the heavenly realms. And actually, Daniel experienced this. And Daniel... Um, it says, sometimes silence is actually spiritual warfare. Daniel 10, he's praying and fasting. Daniel, the prophet, is doing everything he's supposed to be doing. He, he was seeking the Lord, and for 21 days, silence. This is a guy who was fasting and praying, and for 21 days, silence. Why did he hear silence? It wasn't because there was sin in his life. It wasn't because he was unrepentant. It wasn't because he he was believing lies or he had the wrong approach. There was just war going on in the heavenly realms that wanted to prevent him from getting the answer to his prayer that he had been waiting on. The angel finally shows up three weeks later. And here's what the angel said to Daniel. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Listen to this, guys. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Daniel, day one on your fasting and praying, your prayer made it to the heavenly right. Like, we heard you. In fact, I was sent that day. The very day you started praying, I was sent to answer your prayer. He says, I have come in response to them. But here's what happened. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Now, prince is a language talking about heavenly beings. In this case, angels and archangels. And in the kingdom of darkness... They're called principalities. They're over an entire region, right? In the kingdom of light, they're called archangels. So he says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom, this is a principality that was over that whole region, saw the angel coming from heaven and grabbed him. He resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, that just means archangel, right? We know that Michael was one of the archangels. Michael was sent to set him free. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. So God was sending Daniel a vision, and he's praying on day two, and he's fasting on day two, and he's praying on day three, and he's fasting on day three. And you know what? He heard nothing. He got no vision. He got no message from the Lord because the angel that was sent to give him the vision, to give him the message, was in a war in the heavenly realms, Isn't that, I mean, bizarre, first of all, but isn't that, like, wild? I want you to let that sink in for a second. You're crying out for something. Think about it this way. You're crying out for something, and God already said yes. He already said yes. Imagine that. He already said yes. It just hasn't gotten to you yet. Why? Because there's a war going on. So what did Daniel do? Did he get frustrated? Oh, I'm done praying. I'm done fasting. No. No what did he do? Daniel kept at it, and he kept at it, and he kept at it, and he was persistent, and he was persevering in prayer, persevering in fasting, and eventually, three weeks of this, the angel comes. So sometimes we just hear silence from the Lord, because there is a war going on that doesn't want us to hear from the Lord. So my encouragement to you, if that's you, man, just press, press in. Keep going after it. You don't know what's going on in the heavenly realms. There may be an answer coming. It may be coming tomorrow. Don't give up today, when that answer's around the corner. Number five, the E word is experience. Sometimes we just have to grow in our ability to hear from the Lord, right? We talked about this last week. Dallas Willard says the only way we really get good at discerning if it's the Lord or our own selves or the enemy, it's through experience. We have to practice hearing from the Lord. Sometimes we just need more practice, right? Sometimes we need to adjust our expectation. I think sometimes... Our expectation is that we're gonna be like overnight, we're gonna be professional people at hearing from the Lord. But listen, it's a lifetime of discipleship, right? It's a lifetime of learning how to discern the voice of the Lord and hear from Him and obey. And this is something we gotta keep at and, and keep trying. God often speaks softly and in a variety of ways. So, yes, He speaks by shooting a thought into your mind that wasn't yours. And yes, He speaks by shooting an image into your mind's eye that wasn't yours, but he also speaks in a lot of other ways. He'll speak through circumstances and dreams, and we'll get to this in a second, but he speaks through people. He speaks through scripture. He speaks in a lot of different ways, and so part of our experience is learning the different languages of God and picking up when it's him speaking this way and him speaking that way. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food is for the mature, notice this, who by constant use, Have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. How do we train our ear to know if it's the Lord? Constant use. Constantly getting before the Lord and listening. Paul talks about the same thing in 1 Corinthians 9. He says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. We could say it this way. Listen in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. There's that word, training again. We need to be training in righteousness. We need to be training in our relationship with the Lord. Just like physical training, we get better and better at something or stronger. Same thing happens in our ability to hear from the Lord. You keep practicing, you keep training in the spiritual disciplines, and the Lord grows your capacity in understanding and hearing his voice. Because they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. So, Mark, why don't I hear from the Lord? Well, maybe we just need to work at it a little bit, practice a little bit more. Hey, Mark, last week I heard the Lord in the service, but then I went home and I didn't hear him. Awesome. Week one. Congratulations. Come talk to me year 10. You know what I mean? Like, we have a lifetime of listening to the Lord. Keep at it. All right. Our F word is forgetting. This is when we've heard from the Lord in the past, but it seems like right now the Lord is silent. Maybe some of you have run into seasons like that. We may need to go back to the last thing God told us and obey before he will tell us the next thing. We heard from the Lord. Maybe he told us to go after something or do something, and we're like, meh, that's cool. I'm glad I can hear from you. Hey, God, what's the next thing? What's the next thing, God? And I know as a parent, <laughs> when my kids do this to me, sometimes I just stare at them. And then I stare some more. And then slowly it sinks in. Oh, he, he already told me the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. So sometimes God's quiet because he's staring at you like, like, a, like a dad. You know what I mean? Like the dad stare or the mom stare would be worse. So dad stare. Let's stick with dad stare. The point is, if you feel like the Lord is quiet, one thing we need to do besides, hey, you know, have I confessed sin? Am I believing a lie? Sort of inventory. One of the inventory questions is, what's the last thing God told me and have I done it? Because if the answer's no, don't be surprised if God is waiting and silent until he speaks to you again about the next thing. James 1, through 24 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, it's like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like, which I think James is trying to point out this is an identity issue. This isn't just an obedience issue. This isn't just did I obey the last thing God told me to do, but this is do I really know who I am or am I looking in the mirror and then forgetting what I look like? Who am I really? I'm a son of the king of kings and Lord of lords. He is king, I am not. And so the identity question comes when we maybe forget the last thing he told us or don't listen to the last thing he told us to do. The G word is growth. And this is one of the strangest ones of all. Do you know that sometimes the Lord is quiet because that's how you're going to grow is by him being quiet? Let me give you a parent example. Uh, Nate's in the house. I didn't, give, I didn't ask his permission to give this example, so sorry, Nate. Um, this is going to happen to you a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm helping Nate with his homework. Sometimes he's going to ask me to help or ask me for an answer, and I'm just, I'm just going to not say anything. The reason I don't say anything is not because I don't love Nate or I'm not. I'm sitting there with him. I'm sitting in his presence, close. I'm helping him with his homework. And the best thing I can do in that proximity is be quiet. Do you guys see what I'm saying? The best thing I can do to help Nate actually get really a lot better at math is to be quiet. Because what I'm saying is, Nate, I have confidence that you can solve this problem without me jumping in. And sometimes, now not all the time, and, and honestly, I would, do the, I would check on the other ones first. <laughs> check on the other ones first, the other reasons God might be quiet. But there are times when God is quiet because the best way for you to grow is for him to sit close to you and be quiet. Do you guys see that? Let me give you an example when Jesus did this. Sometimes silence is for our own good, right, for our own growth. Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path, which means his word was never meant to be a spotlight that that shows us the entire pathway. His word was meant to be a light that's right here on the the next step, right? So we're asking God, God, light the whole pathway, and God's saying, listen, Mark, if I lit up the whole pathway, you're going to trip over what's right in front of you. So instead of lighting up the whole pathway, I'm going to answer this question that's right in front of you. My word is going to be a lamp to your feet. It's going to help you take the next step. And there's even a situation where it's an invitation to blossom. Like Jesus runs into this woman who's a a Gentile, and Jesus' ministry was not to the Gentiles. He didn't come for the Gentiles. Eventually, in Acts 10, the gospel spreads to the Gentiles. But Jesus wasn't there yet. He was starting with the people of Israel, So he wasn't like trying to reach the Gentile people, but this Gentile woman, this pagan woman came to him. Matthew 15, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. That's like a pagan region. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David. Now notice she recognizes that he's the Messiah, son of David. Like she's saying who he really is. She has faith in who he really is. Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And check this out. Jesus did not answer a word. Here this mom is distraught over her daughter. Her daughter has this demon, and she can't get the demon out, and she believes Jesus can. And She's she's a Gentile, but she's going to take a risk. She knows that Jesus, you know, he's a Jewish rabbi, and he's really there for the people of Israel, but she's going to take a risk. She's going to take a shot because this is her daughter after all. She's willing to do anything for her daughter. So she goes to Jesus and she's crying out. Jesus looks at her and says nothing. Not a word. Why is he doing that? I think it's because he sees something in her and he's calling it out. His silence is creating a vacuum that's bringing something up inside of her. Her faith begins to rise. Notice what happens next. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away. She keeps crying out after us. Jesus is silent. And did she get discouraged and stop? Not for a second. She turns it up a notch. Again, his silence draws something out of her. Her faith begins to blossom even more. And she starts going even harder to the point where the disciples are like, oh my goodness, Jesus, can you get this woman away from us, please? And then here's the interaction that they have. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, Gentile woman, don't you know you're not even my mission? Does the woman get offended? Jesus, how could you say that? I thought Christians were supposed to be nice. No. The woman came and knelt before him. Look at this woman's heart. Look at what's being drawn out of her. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. She is undeterred. Again, he replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. This is amazing. This is amazing, Jesus. The children were the people of Israel. The dogs were the Gentiles. The children's bread was his ministry, right? Healing, deliverance, getting people set free from demons. That's the children's bread. He's like, this bread, really, it's only meant for Israel. Are you asking me to toss it to the dogs? So now she gets offended, right? Because if she was American, she'd totally be offended by now. Totally. She'd tweet it, and it'd be offensive, and it'd go around the internet. Does she get offended? No. She's not offended. She's persistent. She's going after it for her daughter. She doesn't have time to waste on getting offended. She's thinking about her daughter. So her answer has a lot of wisdom in it. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Did she say, how could you call me a dog? No, she goes, you know what? Even the dogs get some crumbs. She like owns, she like owns the derogatory title and says, but even they get crumbs. I mean, she's so humble in the way that she approaches Jesus. And this is what Jesus was ultimately calling out of her. His silence was bringing this faith to the surface, this persistence, this strength. All of this in this woman was there. Jesus saw it, but he knew the only way it was going to come out is if he was silent. And so finally, Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Think about this. He's saying this to a pagan woman. Woman, you have great faith. Wow. Your request is granted. Boom. Her daughter is set free from the demon immediately. With the snap of his fingers. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. He he drew her faith up by his silence. So why am I belaboring this point? I just want you to know that sometimes the Lord is going to get really close to you. And he's not going to say a word. And it's not to offend you. It's not to hurt your feelings. It's not to make you feel like you've been abandoned or forgotten. It's because he sees something in you. And the only way that thing in you rises up, the only way that faith in you, the only way that persistence in you will rise up is if he's quiet. And we see this in the woman. Our H word is humility. We may need to agree to whatever he's about to say before he says it. Guys, sometimes we go to God and we want him to speak to us and we're like, God, once you speak to us, then I'll determine whether what you said was something that's, like, reasonable. By my great intellect, I will judge what you say. <laughs> I mean, even just coming out of my mouth, it sounds ridiculous, right? But don't we do that? I'll wait, God, till you say something, and then I will determine in my grand wisdom whether I will obey you, God. Phew. Watch out for the lightning. It's better if God just doesn't say anything, right? If we go to Him with that attitude. It's better if He's just quiet. And sometimes He is because of our heart. What we need to do is posture ourselves in humility and say, No, God, here's the deal. I don't know what you're about to say, but here's my answer before you say it yes. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you ask me to do. I don't care what you ask me to give up. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. You died on the cross for me. You gave everything for me. And so my answer before you say anything is a yes and a yes and an amen with a yes on the end, and I am yours. And when we approach God like that, you better believe he's going to say something. It's about having humility before the Lord, right? Decide ahead of time to do it his way. James 4.10 says, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Matthew 5.3 says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. We, we acknowledge the poverty of our spirit. We acknowledge our own spiritual poverty. We humble ourselves. We come before him. And We open our ears and we say, yes, God. All right, last one interpretation. Some of you asked me this question. This is our I word, interpretation. Some of you had pictures last week, and you came and you shared with me the picture that you got. And what you were doing, though you may not have known you were doing it in the moment, is you were asking for an interpretation. You got a word from the Lord, and it came in picture form. And what you were saying is, I can't make sense of this. And sometimes that's how it is with God. Bill Johnson likes to say, God doesn't hide things from you. He hides things for you. He hides things for you like an Easter egg hunt. So sometimes his words to you are a little hidden and you need some help interpreting it. And he may have spoken and we just didn't understand what he said. We didn't understand the word that he said. We didn't understand the picture that it was or what the dream meant, right? These are the languages of God that I was talking about. Sometimes it's through scripture. Sometimes it's through thoughts that come into your head, pictures that come into your mind's eye. A lot of times he speaks through dreams. Guys, there's a whole bunch of you in this room that are dreamers and God has been speaking to you through dreams, you just didn't know it was God. But he's been trying to get through to you and you didn't know what those dreams meant. Come talk to us, we would love to interpret. I get emails all the time, hey Mark, I had this dream. And then they tell me their crazy dream. And then my job, I feel like this is part of what the Lord has assigned to me, honestly. One of the, the giftings of my life is I just pray and I'm like, all right, Holy Spirit, that's wacko. What were you saying? Not really like that, but kinda. And I try to hear from the Lord, hey, what does this mean? And we do that for each other. I've done that for other people. Hey, I had this dream. What do you think this means? We go to each other. This is the body of Christ. We work together, right? Sometimes it's through songs, sometimes it's through nature. Guys. I've had God speak to me through the same bird. I see the same bird everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, there's this bird. It's the same kind of bird, and it's the exact type of bird, and it follows me everywhere. You might think I'm crazy, but the Lord, like, his generosity to me is that he speaks to me through that bird. I mean, the, do- the bird doesn't talk to me, okay? <laughs> Yet. I'm just, I'm, just ki- I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Like, I'm out of here. This guy's talking to birds. No, but sometimes it's through a sunset. Sometimes it's through a scene that you see, a, a tree and nature's whatever, circumstances, people. This happened to Missy the other day. She, she woke up in the morning, and, and in her Devo, there was like a particular passage of Scripture. So it started with Scripture, but then she had this song in her head. And it wasn't a song she had necessarily heard in a while, but the song kept repeating. And then she's praying about it, and then later God highlights a person and a circumstance, and it all pieces together. And so sometimes you're just following the dots, right? It's like you wake up and the scripture lines up with the song, lines up with the circumstance, and all of it begins to point you to what God is trying to say. This is what they had in the early church. First Corinthians 14, two or three prophets should speak, and then here's what the rest of us do. And the others should weigh carefully what is said. We work together to help each other interpret what the Lord is trying to speak into our lives. We don't Guys, you know, the crazy cults, like, it's because somebody heard from the Lord and decided they could do it on their own, that they didn't need anyone else. The church hears from the Lord, and we do it communally. We do it together. We do it with checks and balances in the Spirit. Your Holy Spirit is a check against my Holy Spirit, right? As I listen through the Spirit and you listen to the Spirit, we come together on what the Lord is trying to say. And even though this is the last point, I did throw in a J for you. And it's the wisdom, the profound wisdom from Dory of finding Nemo. And not just keep swimming, but just keep listening. I know it can be tough sometimes. We can get frustrated. Why am I not hearing the voice of the Lord? Just keep listening. Just keep posturing your heart before the Lord. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. The Lord wants to speak. And if we just keep listening, we'll get better and better at it. So some questions As we close here, uh, worship team, you can come on back up here. Which of these nine did the Spirit highlight as possible reasons for not hearing? Listen, if you're not feeling like you're hearing the Lord, did, did the Lord highlight any one of these? Maybe your approach is off. Maybe you're believing a lie. Is there confession that needs to happen? Is there spiritual warfare happening? Do you just need to grow and experience? Are you forgetting the last thing he told you? Is he calling something out of you to grow Do you need to take a posture of humility? Or maybe he is speaking and you just don't know what he's saying because you need help. You need people to help you interpret. Which one did he highlight this morning? And I would say, what action step can you take this week to address this? What action step can you take to say, hey, you know what? I think this might be why I'm not hearing you clearly, God. Would you illuminate what I need to do about this? Show me what I need to do. And as always, we're in this together. We're here to help. You know, we're here to help. We're not meant to do this alone. So I'd love to help you. I know a lot of people in here would love to help you, your link group leaders. So right now, what we're gonna do to kind of close, and I think this is appropriate that it's a communion Sunday, because this is another chance to hear from the Lord. This is another chance to offer ourselves to him, to surrender in humility, to confess our sin and lay it before him. Because ultimately, guys, when Jesus gave up his body and blood on the cross, that curtain that separated us from God, that curtain was torn in two from top to bottom. And the reason we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, the reason we can hear his voice is because of what Jesus did on the cross. He's the one that paid the price so that we could draw near to God. Jesus, we just declare the truth this morning that you want to speak to us. You want to us to hear your voice. God, if there's anything in the way, if there's anything clogging our ears, well we lay it down this morning, we want to hear your voice. I just ask that you speak to us now. Jesus, as we remember what you did for us on the cross, your broken body, your blood poured out for us, that you made it possible for us to hear your voice. You are the one that drew drew near to us. And we're so grateful. In Jesus' name.